If Frank Lampard is scoring 150 in your IQ test, that's not a sign that he's a genius. That's a sign that your test isn't standardised. He's signed Delhi Alley to save Everton, Connor. This is Paul McGrath. You're listening to the Villa Podcast. That morning sky gave me a look. So I left while you were sleeping. That's all it took. I'm looking at the first line of the notes. The notes I take during the game, I just write down your Rosenthal nominations. You can imagine the page is uh, run out of room at this stage. But looking at the first line, and it hasn't aged well. It reads, But God Almighty, I love Ollie Watkins. <laughs> think how long ago that feels now. Like, think, think how many ripped out stomachs that feels now. Like, I mean, one thing you can say about this game is that it was a hell of a show. But my god, it was a shit show. Like, it was... Imagine supporting Villa watching that game. Imagine, like, it was just... I can appreciate that any neutral watching that would have absolutely loved it. But that was a disaster. I've never... And, like, look, we have this... (laughs) We have this Jekyll and Hyde thing a lot. And we got it all in one game here today. But I've never seen us... Is this fair to say? Never seen us play so well and play so badly all in the one match. What a disaster! Like I've never felt a sorry maybe for a manager of like of all the performances I've seen. Yeah, this is this is what my life is to become. It's hard to tell if it's something to be excited about. If I'm being honest, I mean, there's there's very little I like more than a good game of football, especially when they involve Aston Villa. But if today is anything to go by, I'll just be fucking lurching from game to game, thinking a different player is a cunt. And I know that doesn't sound a whole lot different to <laughs> to my life at the minute, but it's it's just it's the it's the being pulled apart, the extremes of world class. To if I have to watch Leon Bailey poke the ball in the six yard box again, I'm going to poke my own eyes out. I mean, like, <laughs> is, is the excitement that sucks you in and brings you back? worth Alex Moreno sucking the life out of you and bringing you back down to earth like is it is it the hope that kills you Conan or is it the hope that makes it all worthwhile let's bring forward the questions we can't answer but probably will say oh <laughs> uh, like it's it's another you see you can't even say that like the hope makes it worthwhile because if you look you drill down into Emmy Buendia like there's a fella who We'd call the cunt, and then I said, this guy's improving game to game. Then I said, I'm finished with him. And then I said, this fella's getting better. Then I called him a cunt. And now, here he is, again, playing well, playing really well. And then everybody else is fucking up all over the shop. So I can't even just enjoy Emmy Buendia. I can't even come on here and say, he's back on board. Look at this, the Emmy Buendia train is going again. Nothing like that. It's just somebody else will pick up the baton and stick it up my arse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Emmy Diaz's performance is irrelevant. I mean, you can't you can't defend like you're wearing a fucking top hat and tails outside a five star hotel. Right this way, sir. Let me <laughs> let me take that ball for you. I'll leave it in our box, and you can collect it later. But, you know, <laughs> just just straight through here, you'll find our main dining hall. Where we'll be serving our own arses on silver platter between three and five. <laughs> so. There are six goals to go through, so we're going to have to start pretty soon. And I think in the interest of saving time throughout this whole podcast, like I think about how much has happened this week, never mind in this game. So we've got a lot to get through. 
and I'm going to bring forward the Peter Enkelman What the Fuck Award because it's fair to say that a lot of those nominations, actually all those nominations, can fit nicely in a box in all four goals that Leicester scored, all four shots on target that Leicester scored. <laughs> but it started so well. It started so well. Have you seen Villa play as well for 11 minutes in all your life? Like, it was brilliant. We were on top. We had the intensity. The crowd were loving it. We were throwing food, zipping it around, people getting in between the lines, demanding the ball, everybody on it. Leon Bailey. Leon Bailey. Like... <laughs> <laughs> he went rolling down the right. This is how well he started. Even when he lost it, he got it back onto his left. Because the first two times he got the ball, he went onto his right. He went onto his right and played balls inside. So this time, when he loses it, it's now teed up for his left, the one that he always wants to come back on. And he just rolls it out for Buendia, shifts it brilliantly onto his left, has a lovely shot of his left, so unlucky, underside of the crossbar, and Watkins follows up. He follows up like he knew Watkins will and he had technique and he had composure just to put that away, flying through the air and like, you know, again, early days, but everything you want in your striker. Ba- Bailey does brilliantly. The but the ball the ball gets stuck under his feet and ordinarily in that situation his head gets stuck up his own arse, but <laughs> he, he pulls it out and picks out a brilliant pass this time, and it's some effort from Emiliano Buendia. Christ almighty. And that's an exclamatory expression about the quality of the shot, not a new nickname for Buendia. But if he, you know he keeps producing performance like that, I'll, I'd, I'd happily wash his feet or whatever it is the apostles did, and I'll definitely end up crucifying him at some stage as well. Let's be honest, kissing him on the cheek, <laughs> and it's it's brilliant anticipation from Bergali and. Who apparently used up all his brain power in that anticipation because it's a mad decision to go after the ball like he has. I mean, it's a great goal, anticipation, aggression, and then unnecessarily brilliant technique. I mean, he generates <laughs> some amount of power from that mental body position he decides to adopt. It is amazing. He's horizontal with the ground. He's parallel with the ground. And it is... It's not even that you can't even say it's a bicycle kick type of thing. It's his foot that's closer to the ground, but he manages to smash it off his laces as he's going towards it. You thought it would just be a poke, and my God, he really generated some power in it. It's incredible. Absolutely. I don't think I've seen anything like it. Yeah. And then, like, as it was going so well, amazing start. Like, oh my God. I mean, Kamara, we were all calling him press resistant. <laughs> Talk about things that have aged badly. <laughs> so like so unnecessary and just like just so annoying because of how well we had started the game. He had enough warnings as well. He had enough warnings like in in the box. He he sort of beat the man by dropping the shoulder and he just keeps hanging on to it until he lost it. And I mean we're we're always going to come back to this, right? You know, whether you want to play out from the back or not. Like the principles of playing out from the back don't involve a keeper giving it to a teammate who's also in the box, who has two men around him. Like, somebody else is free. This is not playing out from the, the box. Like, playing out from the back. This is just stupidity. It's somebody passing it five yards. We're not getting out anywhere. And he's passing it to somebody who's outnumbered with men in your own box as well. Like, whatever about the danger, which obviously, like, we should never discard that because that's exactly what brought Lester back into the game. But whatever about that, we're not getting out by playing that ball to that player. It's it's weird decision making. As I said, somebody else is free. Find that fucking player. It's not good from Kamara. He, he does he does really well to, to turn initially, but he has to move the ball after that and he has to move it very fucking quickly. 
But it's absolutely stupid for Martinez, you're right. I mean, Kamara is in the box. There's one in front of him and there's one up his arse. And Martinez has stitched him up like a fucking human centipede. And don't get me wrong, Kamara seemed to be enjoying it the amount of time he wanted on the ball. <laughs> and he sh- But you shouldn't be put in that position by your teammate. You shouldn't have your head sewn in Kelechi Iheanacho's arse by your fucking goalkeeper. And Iheanacho and Madison do annoyingly well whenever they get into that position, which is fucking irritating. Yeah. But playing, playing the ball out from the back, it's obviously it's obviously my preference. I'm a big fan of Aston Villa players passing the ball to Aston Villa players. But it has to be on and you have to be set up as a team and you have to react as a team as well. I mean, like, what are the next two passes? It's like playing chess or, you know, football. Emmy Martinez is playing fucking tiddlywinks. And the amount of time this lad stands on the ball to make decisions like this is really worrying as well. What was going through his head? He couldn't have possibly... Like, his head was thinking about that for about five seconds and he decides to make that decision. And like yeah. you said, there's two players on Kamara, so somebody is free. Give it to him. <laughs> yeah, Madison did well. Like, I thought, thought Konza... What, like, what an effort. Like, if Madison had a shot there, we would have been raving about this block. But Jesus, he just saw him from the back of his head, apparently, and he let Konza go whizzing by him across the box. Like, good bit of composure, but... Like the Martinez decision, really annoying, really stupid. But in terms of what the fuck, I'm still like I think Kamara's pipping him here just because I know he does well. I know he's put into that position, but he has the opportunity to pass it, get rid of it. He he had like I say, he had a warning shot of almost losing it. Come on, like just just don't get caught on the ball. What like whatever got you there in the first place? Don't get caught on the ball in the box. Yeah, I. I think because Kamara does well initially, he he should then just get rid of it with his left foot. He should just he should just hit the ball. That's what he has to do in that position because it's such a fucking cock up for Martinez. But the initial mistake is Martinez's and Kamara almost saves Martinez's blushes. Yeah. It's hard to tell the both cunts. <laughs> Got back in front, two one, and this was actually heartening because uh, Tyrone Mings and Luca Dean defend it really well. Like Leicester on a counter attack, and I don't know if you remember just the site. I think it was Tete cutting inside and they both just were on his left foot the whole way across and he ended up just running into Konza who just emerges with the ball and it's a bit of composure and and then he gets it to Bailey down the right and then Bailey comes back and it's that thing you know when Bailey comes back does he do the right thing and he does he lifts it across to Buendia who then gets it straight out to Luca Dean who's now back on his bike going forward he fakes a cross like he fakes a, a deep cross and he drills it sort of to Watkins who's come short and then Watkins, I mean, what a finish from Watkins on his left foot. <laughs> no, he tried to cross it, deflected in. But a perfect celebration, I'd say. I mean, he wasn't milking it. He wasn't trying to own it. He just laughed. He put his hands out to say, you know, that wasn't really me. I like that. A lot of all the players would have ran away and took the glory. I think, I think Ollie, Mock, Ollie Watkins is probably a bit too smart to realise. He's, he's actually made a really bad decision there. The cross isn't good. There's no one behind any of the Astor players. He probably realised that. He just smashes it, really. But uh, just before that, the best thing about it was Seer Hendry on cool commentary announcing about 10 minutes. <laughs> 10 minutes before this. He reminds me of Harry Maguire. Well, my God, did he get that call right? I mean, he, w- he went on to explain that that he was also good with the ball at his feet. That that must that must have been oh. his Aston Villa. That must have been his Aston Villa bias coming out because he was pretty good for Aston Villa with the ball at his feet. Also, though, it might it mightn't have related to it mightn't have been related to Harry Maguire being good at the ball at his feet in terms of the six hundred people who play 
football in the Premier League. It might have been thinking about the 300 million people who play football in the world. It's quite good, but shit in comparison to the Premier League. Oh my fucking god! Uh, but that that was the that was the height of our of our fun, really, because then it all really came apart. It starts with the Ihanachu goal. I mean, Mings cleared it initially. Look, a few people. No, like Young was sort of napping. It's two on one. Ramsey's two on one outside. Young's not quick enough, I don't think, to get out. But in terms of what the fuck, he's definitely not as much to blame as I'd say Mings. So Harvey Barnes whips it in on the end swinger. Mings has Hinacho behind him, and he doesn't seem to realize. But then look at Dean. Doesn't seem to care that Mings doesn't realize or doesn't seem to want to do anything about it either. I don't think he's doing anything where he is, and it's just. Another, another one of those gaps between Mings and another player where they turn around and look at each other and say, oh, I thought you were... Uh. And it's a goal. <laughs> Ramsey and Young never get tight enough. I mean, there's plenty of opportunities for both of them to close down different players in this whole build-up. I mean, I, I don't know what game some of the boys thought they were playing today, but it, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't against Leicester anyway. There was never enough aggression like you're playing Leicester City this is what they do you have to do the same thing you have to match them and then Kanza and Mings are hanging back I mean how can you be that deep and not see everyone else on the pitch I mean how can you be a centre half and not know where the opposition centre forward is and what the fuck are both Buendia and Dina at I mean after the first cross comes gets cleared by Mings they've both gone out to the edge of the box to Mark Castagna both of them I would say that's too too many and because Ian Atchu <laughs> and Terry are then both free at the back post, I would say that's too too many as well. <laughs> and in the third goal, I mean, if Kamara, <laughs> if Kamara thought losing the ball the first time wasn't good enough, he, he went for a better one this time, and he loses it around the old Douglas Louise position of losing the ball. <laughs> the ball's played around Mings, uh, sort of. I felt like I wanted to get annoyed at Mings. I don't know. Is it just a good ball? I don't think he does well, but it's played around him. Tete gets to the other side. But now let's bring a third person into this. Let's bring a third person into the what the fuck nomination here because why do keepers always go down? Why do keepers go down in this position? Have you ever seen a keeper do anything other than give away a penalty when they go down like that? Like, are they, are they incapable of shadowing or jockeying a, a striker who's running through? Like, they can... Stay on their feet. They can block it. Imagine a defender was taken out like that. Just one punch. <laughs> one punch. Like imagine like the feeling. Imagine Tyro Mings. Tete just hits the ball. It's like, oh, oh he's, he's, he's got three one-on-one. He's got an open net. And it just happens all the time with keepers. Martin is just gives up. He's not alone like every keeper does it. But why did he do it? Because I, I, know, I know they might not block it. They might not shift their feet quickly enough. They might get it taken around them anyway. But I know for certain that they never save it when they do this shit. It's because they have to get out so quickly. And once they've gone out so quickly, there's n- nobody there. There's n- All the player, player has to do is poke it past them then. And that would be ridiculously easy to do as well. The goalkeeper's just standing up. It's not difficult to kick the ball past somebody. Especially if there's nothing normally, normally centre forwards don't do that whenever a defender comes out and shadows him because there's a fucking goalkeeper in the net as well. <laughs> I mean, a couple of weeks ago, you compared you compared Kamara to Dua Lipa, and I'd say this is more like fucking 4 a.m. in a nightclub, a few stragglers comparing themselves to Dua Lipa in their own heads. But 
Again, how can Tyrone Mings be that deep and not see everyone else on the pitch? I think he, he seems surprised again when he turns around and sees Teddy picking up the ball. And do you know who wasn't surprised? Kelechi Iheanacho, because everything about Tyrone Mings' position on the pitch and his body shape said to Iheanacho, there's the pass, son, between me and Ezra. Teddy will be there in a second, just poke it through. It was ridiculously easy from a Leicester perspective. Yeah, we actually did get an equaliser, which is more going on. I even forgot about it, but Coutinho did well to finish this, this off, like the way it broke to him in the box. It was from the corner. Everyone dragging their arses to get back on side, and especially Douglas Louise. And I can, like, these, these, like I, I thought the corner taker should know to never get, like, you know, how often that, that, like, that should be a fine in itself, you know, when a player gets caught. Like, he took the corner and it comes back to him, and I know it came back to him under weird second-hand circumstances here, but, like, just get back out. Don't get caught napping offside when, like, you're not doing anything anyway. All you've done is fucked up a, a goal and an equaliser. And at that stage, the equaliser didn't feel enough because we had been battering him. So it was like, right, we've got the equaliser. Let's get back down and get a fourth. And and then it was taken away from us. And, like, the, the fourth, you can talk about Coutinho if you want after this. But of all the what-the-fucks, how, how, how could this be the worst? How, how, like... Think about everything we're talking about. Kamara losing the ball in the box. Emmy Martin is playing it to a player of two men around him in the box. Um, Tyrone Mings forgetting there's a striker behind him. The, the Kamara losing the ball again. Emmy Martin is going down and not making a save. Oh, that's that's harsh. And um, the fourth, like, but like this could be the worst. The fourth goal. Moreno just like I think this is the worst because and it's even it's even. I was all looking forward to saying, "Geez, Moreno did well today when he came on, didn't he?" I thought he was doing all right in attack. And this is just terrible. He, he he tries to kick the ball and he fails to kick the ball. And that's how we can see the goal. Like that that can't happen. <laughs> yeah, talk, talking through this goal might become a bit confusing because it was scored by Pratt after a mistake by a fucking Pratt. <laughs> how, how many times have I said this season you can't be missing a football with your feet and expect to be taken seriously as a footballer? <laughs> Why have you said that so many times? <laughs> The, the most irritating thing about this goal is it's so shit from Leicester and it's so far from deserving of a goal. I mean, how many times have you played with someone who's played that pass and you've just said, what, what are you doing? I mean, it's yeah. so juvenile, so poorly executed. But luckily for fucking Leicester, Alex Moreno was ready to stick his own head in the lunette and execute himself. It was <laughs> pathetic. And that was the stomach churning thing because... Like, it, it, it cut across to the dugout and Rogers was smiling and I, I said out loud, what is he smiling about? And of course he's smiling, his team just scored the winning of the game. But it was like, you really think you've got anything to do with this match? Like you've, you've rolled up, your team is as shit as it has been the last six months and still nothing's changed. You've been battered and we've, give, we've given you four goals. <laughs> like, this will never happen again. Oh. <sighs> And that's the story of the day. <laughs> that's the story of today. I think there's nothing else for it, really, but to get into some WhatsApp winges. Like, I'm actually not even finished uh, complaining from the first part because, <laughs> because you know, of all days, I think everybody knew we had a chance to get into the top 10 if we just went and beat that shower of shit that is Leicester City. But think about this. 
Like everybody dropped points except Brighton. Brighton are never going to drop points again. Fulham dropped points. Chelsea dropped points. Obviously, they're playing each other. Liverpool got beaten. Uh, or sorry, the Brentford win as well. So, nah, you know what? Maybe, maybe the European dream really is over now, and we should just like from one podcast to the other, we should just quench all. <laughs> we're we're six points off sixth, which is currently occupied by Brighton. Need to fucking relax. <laughs> it was three last week. It was three points, and now it's become six. It's been doubled overnight. Well, over two weeks. <laughs> uh, let's start handing out some fines anyway. Um. Oh, I think three players were just hitting the ball into touch unnecessarily. So Tyrone Mings gave us a, a big up and under down the left in the first half. Like it, I think he was trying to find Ollie Watkins. I think at this stage we were leading. So it was funny even when he was laughing as well. In hindsight, not that funny anymore. Um, there might have been four actually, was there? Matt, like Matt Cash came straight into the fray and straight away tries to hoof a ball down to Leon Bailey. And uh, that goes out of play as well. Douglas Louise, there was only three. Douglas Louise in the second half does the most complicated piece of trickery. Like to get himself closer to the line. He's running towards the left wing at this stage and he's getting away from Castagna. Gets the hole over to the touchline, realizes he's run out of play and tries to hit it backwards and hits it out of play instead. Like he, can't, he can't be doing stepovers and stud rolling the ball over, over the sideline. What the fuck was that about? That was mental. He had the ball at his feet for so long and he had so many options because he was in the middle of the pitch. Yeah, he, kept, he kept going away from the options. Like, exactly. It was mad. Like, you're not a dribbler, Dougie. Why are you even trying to do that anyway? <laughs> Fucking play the ball. Um, I see Young with an air shot at the edge of the box. Can't believe we have back-to-back air shots at the edge of the box. So he's getting fined as well. Philip Coutinho getting fined for only a Philip Coutinho... Fine in potential, really. His first time flicks around the corner and never make it to somebody. Um, I mean, like, I thought Coutinho was all right when he came on, but those little flicks are just so annoying. Like, they, they have no appreciation for who he's trying to give it to. I think it was Watkins in this case. It's pointless. Like, is he worried about losing the ball? Because I have to tell you, like, I would rather. I'd rather go back and watch the old Buendia, the, the last week Buendia, standing on the ball on the halfway line and getting pushed over and losing it. Like I, 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 I would rather see somebody lose the ball doing that than somebody, when the ball comes rolling into them, they just flick it away. Yeah, look, we need to we need to move on from Felipe Coutinho. I mean, he's not a, he's not a serious adult. I mean, he, he doesn't play... <laughs> It it doesn't play football like a grown up. It's it's absolutely baffling what he's doing, flicking the ball around the corner. And the, this is the annoying thing about being an Aston Villa fan. There's nothing about Felipe Coutinho I should like, even as an Aston Villa fan. But when he scored, I was like, ah, oh, yeah, thank God, poor little Felipe is going through a tough, going through a tough time. He's being paid two hundred grand a week to fucking flick the ball around the corner to <laughs> opposition players. Yeah, I I, I think. What really gets my back up is when I see people doing stuff that I could do on a pitch, you know, like especially when you're just giving it away. Like, I roll the ball to me, I'll fucking do that every time. I'll just flick it around, like, you know, to nobody. I'll flick it into a Leicester player every single time. I can lose possession every time I get the ball as well. It's fucking, that's how good I am at football. I'll do it for less money as well. And um, the last fine of the week. Is Emmy Buendia. He's getting a two-month fine, unfortunately, for him for uh, that foul on Castagna in the corner. We can't make you know, this is just... These ones are the worst, I've decided, especially because we could all see it coming. 
and we all knew how stupid it was going to be as well. And we all probably said, don't fight him, don't fight him, don't fight him, pushes him over. Castagna's gone nowhere. We're behind. We really don't need to give Leicester a free and give a fullback a free in that position. What a waste of a run for him as well. He put a bit of pressure on initially, then he puts more pressure on, runs into the corner, pushes him over. Come on. Like, he deserved to get paid this week. Like, he don't deserve to be fined for three months. <laughs> I don't want to do this. What do you think is the most irritating thing that happens on a football pitch? And it's definitely one of these two things. It's what you've just described. There, a player going in needlessly pushing somebody over or whenever referees get caught out by somebody not being pushed over but just flopping themselves to the ground. Uh, that's a good... Are you are you trying to tell me that Castagna flopped to the ground? I'm not saying Castagna flopped to the ground. I'm, I'm saying Padilla probably put a little bit too much pressure on him. I'm just wondering because Padilla is stupid doing that. But also, Castagna is 11 stone of muscle. You know, he's, that that's not enough to make you flop to the ground. No way. No way what Padilla did makes you go to the ground. And if we're actually being serious about this let it flow, then that is the first thing that referees need to start looking at. It's yeah. these fucking fake fouls that re- every referee in the entire world of football gives. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. And how, how often do we mention this as well? Like, there's a lot of egos running around the Premier League refereeing system and none of them seem to be, have their ego bruised by making these wrong decisions. We're getting caught out by diving all the time. And it's actually, it leads us so perfectly into the first WhatsApp wins, which is, darn England, more like darn I don't have any yellow cards. <laughs> fucking hell and I don't even mean this from a villa getting screwed over point of view because the two that I noted straight away were Kamara like Kamara just tripped someone straight away should have got a should have got a yellow card and Luca Dean tripped someone after remember when Dia looked to get kneed in the head it was accidental but it was accidental in a deliberate type of way it was like they were never even if they reviewed that they were never going to give it was like his knee was okay to be there but he did mean it, I thought. But anyway, um, Leicester broke away and look at the trip. Someone didn't get the yellow card for that. Jacob Ramsey completely body checked as he pushes the ball forward, and this annoyed me because darn, I don't have any yellow cards. England said uh, he, he sort of gestured to Ramsey as if to say, "Stop complaining. I give, I give advantage." I was like, <laughs> yeah, but fucking, I give the yellow card. No, uh, no, officiate. Well done. <laughs> Yeah, I actually didn't think he was he was that bad. There was a couple of yellow cards he definitely should have given, and you've, you've highlighted them all there. But also, well, nobody was going to get sent off. It was a really, really clean game of aggressive football. I didn't want, darn, I don't want any yellow cards England getting involved in the game that much, to be honest. <laughs> Liam let it flow, Doherty. <laughs> <laughs> darn I don't have any yellow cards in them um, the second whatsapp wins why do managers keep bringing on the dunker when we're two goals down <laughs> it's the most uninspiring so I keep seeing this image of the dunker because like oh my god every time you're you're behind in a game and you hear the words Villa preparing to make a change you do get a bit excited like oh who's this who's going to change this game and it's fucking the dunker and then to compound it he that was one of the worst performances I've ever seen. <laughs> it, it looked like he couldn't run. Like he was always running in the wrong direction. And like it was, it was like he didn't know what direction he was playing. It was so strange. And why was he always up front? Like why is he there breaking down, continue moves, and getting in the way of Ollie Watkins? 
There's no way. Continue doesn't need any fucking help breaking down his moves either. That's the other thing. But it was strange. There's a couple of times I was looking at him going, has he forgot how to move his body? It was like he couldn't, he didn't have any real control of his limbs and they were almost not a part of his torso. It was bizarre. They were just moving in such strange directions. I mean, you're, you're the one who studies sports science. Maybe you can tell me more about the biomechanics of what the fuck was going on there. Or maybe this is just a, a consequence of the fact that last time he started a row of games, it was for the Belgium over 65s. <laughs> <laughs> we, we called this man Gadget Man when he first broke onto the scene for Villa. Like he, he forgot his coat. Like I, I don't know where they've all gone. Like he, he doesn't. Yeah, he, he just lost all sense of how to how to use his body. It's it was strange. Like he looked so out of place there today. The third WhatsApp wins and probably the most serious of them all. The sooner we get the more reliable, more consistent energy of Bertrand Terori back on this pitch, the better. <laughs> These boys are in for a shock then. <laughs> I mean, I'm pining for Bertie T now. Like this is like, come on. He's coming back. He's back from loan. He's injured, which is unfortunate. So we've gotten the burger back, but they're telling us that the burger's poisoned. Don't eat the burger. But I'm looking at it now thinking, Jesus, these boys, like, uh, I, I, wh- how have we gotten this stage where so many players are so inconsistent that Bertrand Terori might actually be an upgrade in terms of consistency? Because he's consistently inconsistent. That's the thing. You know you're going to get that with Bertrand Terori. You know what you're going to get with Bertrand Terori. And that thing you're going to get is not knowing what you're going to get with Bertrand Terori. <laughs> But the other thing, the other way to think about this is... I have to say, I want to buy a scratch card. I do. <laughs> yeah, scratch, reveal three burgers and one ten grand. I, I, the, the other thing is, I think we can all trust Unai Emery a lot more, can't we? I mean, he'll be cooking him in olive oil for a start and he'll probably be served in bite-sized pinchos as well. And he'll probably throw a few leaves in there as well. I mean, the closest thing we've ever come to veg on the Bertie Tea Burger to date is a splash of ketchup. But also... Remember, Trory will be coming back to a manager who, according to both John McGinn and Tyrone Mings, tells his players where they should be on the pitch. <laughs> like maybe that's the secret sauce that the Bertie Teaburger has needed all along—a fucking manager. It's exciting. It is, and I think it is. His absence makes the heart grow fonder. I think it's because we also said bye to him. It was only August that we bid our farewells, and we said the podcast are going to miss him. We were going to miss him no matter how frustrated we got. Like, there was, ah, oh, jeez, he, he, he always does make you think. He makes you believe that it could happen. Like, I remember a stage where <laughs> he had a point. It certainly makes you think, all right. What the fuck was that? <laughs> there was a stage under Gerard where he had a point to prove, and it was like, oh my God, this is, it was a Chelsea. Remember, he played Chelsea in the League Cup, and he fucking ripped it up. And I was like, this, this is the guy. And it just never, never carried into the next week. But then he would do something else, and it's it's like with with Bertie T. That's the thing; it's always he forgets that we're supposed to be going towards the goals, which is a problem ultimately in the long run. But if he can, if he can help us through that middle third, he's not going to give a fuck. He's going to say, "Give me the ball." Like that, that's fine for him. He'll go into the number ten, take the ball, and then if Buendia can take that ball off him or Ramsey, you know, and say like, "That's enough. Like you've you've taken it far far enough. I'll take it from here because I know what direction we're going." That could be someone we can use. Now, it's a very complicated <laughs> system for you and I, Emery, to try and get the best out of him. But I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just uh, smitten now with the, the new haircut that he seems to have as well. A lot of people have sent us Bertrand Terori with a bit of a crew cut. And 
I have to say, I'm getting the McGinn vibes from it. You know, McGinn's season chains when he shaves it all off, and I think this could be the trick for Birdie T. Yeah, it could be. The Bertrand Shorey uh, in, in, his, uh, in his first season as well, you have to remember, like, Bertrand Shorey, as inconsistent as he was, he still got, you know, eight goals and six or seven assists across the season where he probably played 40 games. That's good numbers for someone who'd just been brought back into the league. And it wasn't just about the numbers. The other things he was doing on the pitch was often magical. And that was a team that was finishing mid-table as well. And for half the season, were fucking dreadful. The, the middle third. <laughs> the middle third of the season they were absolutely terrible and Bertrand Trory still managed to have a lot of output in those games and under under a real top class manager you never know Colin <laughs> listen Nils listen Nils we, we've been bruised we've had a few drinks with Hex and the X we want them back <laughs> we want Bertie T back my mind's telling me no this is what makes Big Bertie T so hard to resist but my body, my body is telling me yes, baby. He's like a lovely big sloppy bacon cheeseburger. Body, but there is something that I must <laughs> You know that ultimately he's really bad for you, but my god is he delicious. But what do you say about the people here now saying it's time to go on a diet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is it worth it? It might sate my appetite for a while, but I'm only looking worse. My skin's breaking out in spots. My waistline's getting a bit out of control and overall it's not the best thing for me. So hard to resist, so hard to resist. It's very enjoyable eating the burger. My god, is he delicious? My god, so hard to resist. Lovely big sloppy bacon cheeseburger. Bertrand Chirori. Bertrand Chirori. A moment on the lips, forever on the hips. <laughs> All right, let's try and get through this Rosenthal award. Leon Bailey, right foot, like straight away. This is what I'm saying. He went on to his right foot, gets it inside. Watkins and Ramsey cock it up between each other. I don't know. Who's to blame here? I think Watkins sort of left it for Ramsey and, and then Ramsey misses it and, and he seemed to be blaming Watkins. Maybe Watkins got in the way, but, but he did leave it and Ramsey still missed the ball. I know what side you'll be leaning towards. No, no, obviously you fucking don't, and obviously you need to start watching football because you clearly don't understand the sport. Like, yeah, once again, a chance is created from Leon Bailey going down his right. Every single time he does, he <laughs> creates a chance, just like every time he plays a game of football, he scores a goal. Uh, yeah, like Lee Hendry, and now you apparently throwing our star boy a fucking bye-ball by claiming that Ollie Watkins has gotten his way. Ollie Watkins dummied the ball. Ramsey mm. swung his foot at it. I mean, if Watkins has confused Ramsey there, what the fuck is Ramsey playing at? It's a bit late yeah. to be activating your hamstrings. The game started. Hit the fucking ball. <laughs> Once again, a footballer for Aston Villa missing the ball with their foot. Yeah. yeah. There, there was a week's wage fine that I missed in WhatsApp when you just... I mean, and it, it comes on to Jacob Ramsey for the second chance as well. What a ball. Like, Leon Bailey did start this game really well. I know he frustrated people, but that's what happens. He dies out. 
He dies out in games. <laughs> but like the free kick from the left, fucking hell, like, what a free that was. And you know, Douglas Louise rolling at him, what a great routine. And mm. <laughs> and like the ball is just perfect round the corner. Ramsey gets in ahead of the defender, but it's just it's just not ignorant enough. I think that should be a goal. He needs to be a bit more aggressive there. Yeah, and just sorry, just to touch on that, Leon Bailey does die out, and you're getting frustrated by Leon Bailey as the game wears on, and that's your fault. He, he must be used to this now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been absolutely fucking brilliant set piece routine, like you said, and uh, the cross, the cross that results from the intricacy of the play with, between Dougie and Bailey is incredible. Ramsey, like they must have an idea of where the ball's going. I imagine it's going in that general direction and that must be part of the plan and they must be trying to flood people to going into that Leon Bailey's ball. There's no way any Aston Villa player thought that Douglas Louise was taking that free kick. They all know he's right-footed. So they have to know where the ball's going and they have to be getting in there with a lot more aggression than he did. He seemed to react to the ball dropping in as opposed to expecting it to come. Yeah, yeah. Third nomination for the Rosenthal Award, Watkins Open Net. Like, oh, so, so close and almost have a bit of sympathy for him. And it's it's really ah bad. come on, like you're you're trying to slag me off there a second ago by implying that I wasn't going to have a go with Jacob Ramsey. Then your fucking hero, Ollie Watkins, misses an open net, Conan. <laughs> I do when. When it did come up against Watkins and Ramsey there, I did think, oh, this is my star boy against Liam's star boy. This is going to be interesting. This could get spicy. But let me just make the case for Watkins. I mean, like, it's... Like, it's- sorry, sorry, hang on. I'm just, going to, I'm just going to give you an opportunity to stop talking here. You're going to make the case for Ollie Watkins missing the ball from a yard out with an open net. Not, sorry, not only did he miss an open net, he missed the ball. Did he miss the ball or did... Wales' brilliant second choice keeper knock it onto his other yeah, foot. Knocked it onto his other foot from 10 yards away. Move your fucking body, Ollie. <laughs> and I think I think I would have given him more of a Bible if I wasn't so frustrated on Emiliano Buendia's behalf then as well, because like many times is he going to set boys up and it was a nice move, Dougie to Dina to Buendia who goes on the underlap and, and Dina gives it to him and Jeez, he just he whips it in perfectly, and Danny Ward does brilliantly to get someone on him. <laughs> <laughs> and Watkins just can't react in time. <laughs> it's it's terrible from Dinya initially rolling the ball to Mings instead of into Dougie, and Dougie then shows Dinya why he was so pissed off because Dougie is raging that the, Mings then has to give Dougie the ball. That's a gorgeous pass from Dougie to Dinya, who does really well then after he gets the ball. But here we go again. Another week, another fucking sentence apparently in this podcast and another Aston Villa footballer missing the football with his feet. <laughs> um, Bailey tried a little placed effort. Um, his left foot was far out. The keeper saved it. The inspired, by, inspired by the return of Bertrand Trory apparently, that one. <laughs> yeah, right enough. The, uh, in, a, in a way though, I was thinking... You know, you sort of wanted him to have a bit more behind it. I think Buendia had a similar shot like that, but it was like, yeah, it's fucking Danny Ward. Why not? Just like bounce it in front of him there and see what happens. <laughs> um, Douglas Louise, this was actually great. The, the corner routine, like Buendia's in on top of the keeper, the referee's giving out to him, and he goes short, and Douglas Louise whips it into him, who's like, it's into the near post, and Buendia gets up, like, gets up high, like like we know he can, and uh, like he gets his neck muscles behind, and he flicks it over 
into the top far top corner and it just hits the bar. It's so matter in fairness to Buendia. The way he's contorted his body is remarkable. I mean, it would be a really it would be a really good header if the ball was perfect. Never mind the fact that it's slightly behind him and slightly too high. I mean, to get that much control on the header is incredible. But but we know it was good, Emmy. You don't need to tell the stadium and crowd how unlucky you were by jumping around and acting like, oh, no, I can't believe that didn't... I can't believe that didn't go in. You see how unlucky I am, guys? And he did that for the fucking goal as well. Like, he took himself out of the game, even though the ball's dropping in the box after it hit the crossbar to Ollie Watkins. He's standing there going like, I can't believe I missed. And then Watkins scores like, hey, all of a sudden. And he's run off celebrating himself, trying to let the stadium know, that's my goal. That's yeah. my goal there. Unbelievable. <laughs> So that was the first half, right? So let, let, let's pick a winner here before we go on. So do you think it was Ramsey cocking up like from Watkins' dummy? Or do you think, <laughs> do you think it was Ramsey's chance from Bailey's cross? <laughs> yeah, it was all in Watkins missing the ball from one yard out with an open net, that's it. Despite right, the best efforts of a goalkeeper you just labelled as someone who you just might as well trickle the ball into the poster. <laughs> All right, let's take Ollie Watkins forward into the second half and see if he can uh, hold on to this Rosenthal title. Um, uh, yeah, this is a this is a Watkins one, isn't it? Um, Coutinho just plays it into him. <laughs> What's he waiting on? Like, what what is Watkins waiting on here? Like, Coutinho just rolls it through. It's that easy, and he chose to wait. Like, and he gets blocked down. Like, the the shot's already taken. He doesn't take it. Yeah, hit it, hit it, hit it. It's a lovely through ball, and you can't be letting Harry Maguire catch up with you. I mean, you're you're through on goal. Get the ball out of your feet and hit a shot. Yeah. <laughs> um, Coutinho had a nice ball into Tyro Mings. This was after one of the worst corner routines that we've come up with. Um, this was on the right hand <laughs> side, so Dougie wasn't involved. And like, it's only because it's only because Young gave it away. And then won it back that we actually created an opening and it was a fucking shit show of a routine. And then Coutinho just whips one around the corner and Mings, again, sort of like Ramsey, just uh, defended as well, I think in this case, they hit it over. But uh, just get in there, get someone on it, get your shins into it. Yeah, I think you're right. He could have been a bit more aggressive and got onto it, but the defender did well. It's amazing how much we went after Coutinho there five minutes ago and now you've just described two uh, sitters that he's created. <laughs> I did say I thought he, I thought he did all right, but... um. Yeah, I thought he was, he was he was decent when he came on. Um, he did get pushed over at one stage, and I thought, oh, for fuck's you know, here we go again. <laughs> um, Moreno, this is when Moreno was in the groove as well. Lovely nutmeg on the left-hand side. Defender got done, in fairness. Unbelievable stuff from Watkins to leave it. Go save Buendia. <laughs> and it's a tame shot of his left foot, really. Probably, yeah, that, 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 that could have been better from Buendia. Ah, definitely, yeah. He, he has to connect with the ball properly. Um... Buendia, brilliant on the left, that one where he bursts inside, just like defender, lazy tackle, and Buendia just skips by him. And he's so composed, and he finds Bailey. I mean, what is he... Did I, I think this is one of the most annoying ones, and I know there I'm saying, oh, Watkins was hard, like, yeah, like the open net, that Watkins should have scored the open net, I'll accept that. <laughs> but this Bailey one, he's so heavy-legged, like, it, it's there. And I get that your first touch wasn't good and he tries to make amends for it, but like make your first touch better. I like this is exactly what I should be saying about Watkins too. <laughs> <laughs> and then put it away. Like this was it was so annoying because 
because Mordia's come along the end line, he looks up, he, he makes the right decision. He's just picked the person who's whatever amount. I suppose he did the exact same for Watkins as well. How frustrating it was for him. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing from Bundia and that the pass. I mean, obviously, not the walking past three statues that you've lauded yeah. there. Can, can you can you imagine of an opposition player who's not fast ran past three of our players in the box? Can you can you imagine what we might say? You know, just how generally disappointed we'd be and move on calmly, probably. But like, no, Leon, now is the time to take another touch. I mean, I, I feel bad now. We we spent so much time training him to re, to release the ball that he's releasing it when he can't. I mean, sorry, this isn't good advice. Yeah, yes, if, if you can't strike the ball, don't. But the key, really, like you said, is to not run over the top of the ball that you've touched. Like, you must know where it's going, Leon. You don't need to chase that. It's not gone anywhere. If he, if he hadn't moved after he took that touch, he would have been better set to take the shot. Yeah. Incredible. Then there were three corners in a row from... From Douglas Louise, it actually got to the stage where I was like, I actually find myself saying, ah, come on, Jack, just put it in. It was like, <laughs> like a penalty, you know, where the corner was like, come on, just put it away, please. You know, don't even want to look at it. I just want to hear the crowd cheering. <laughs> <laughs> and like Ward does make a massive one of them. He comes out, falls over, punches it. Coutinho just like he does not need to hit it that high and that early. And he balloons it over and he ballooned another one over. From like actually this wasn't a corner, but Duran came on, did well. He can, he went down the right, and they came in to continue, and he ballooned it over. And the other corner routine that I was talking about, it sits up for Leon Bailey exactly the same way. Almost at the side up for Coutinho, dropping down onto his left foot, and he just pulls it. That looked awful. And the only thing that saved him was that it got blocked as well. That it, when it was pulled, yeah, it was going about two yards wide, but it was cleared. <laughs> it was cleared off the byline by a Leicester player for some reason. <laughs> The Coutinho one is a mess. I mean, it's like you can't judge the flight of a ball. You know, those lads who just are joining in from work to play football and they just they can't figure out where the ball is going to land. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Like, he's under the ball by the time he's trying to strike it on the volley. I mean, grow up, pal. Take a step back there. And he had so much time as well because Leicester hadn't come out to him. Like, they, yeah. they were watching this happening. Probably could see that the ball was going to land in his fucking face. It's unbelievable. <laughs> So it's really between Watkins and Bailey and Ramsey. What? Who do you think? It's not between anybody. It's Ollie Watkins. It was <laughs> one yard out and he missed the ball. <laughs> All right, we'll give it to Watkins. Do you like them? We didn't take a 90th minute penalty award. What was the look of Dean thing about? Like, why was he playing and then not playing? Like, I don't think he did much. Did he do much to get brought off for Moreno? <laughs> There's a few. Just a few strange things around this decision. Initially, when I saw it, I thought, okay, here we go, bit of competition. Then, look, Dean doesn't really do anything. Then Moreno comes on and he gives away a goal. <laughs> <laughs> much of a muchness, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's not like Moreno had done anything, really, to hold on to the shirt dealer. And I suppose Luca Dina is the bigger name and the, the longer established player. So once he's come back and he's fit, why would you not play him? Against... A good right hand side for Leicester as well. I mean, he's a he's a better defender than Alex Moreno. If anything, that video of Alex Moreno getting fucking rinsed by Felipe Coutinho at training is anything to go by, <laughs> and just his general performances for Aston Villa in defence. So why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you play Luke Coutinho? And you're right, he didn't do much to deserve to be taken off, but he didn't do enough in attack to deserve to stay on either when we were trailing three two at home. It's so funny the Villa, the poor Villa social media. Uh, users or the, the admins they're 
they're tweeting out these training ground videos and every time they're trying to celebrate somebody like Coutinho scoring a goal, all anybody's doing is looking at who's been beaten, like Moreno or Ollie Watkins scoring a goal. It's like, was that against Olsen? What the fuck was that? <laughs> and, and these guys are all right, by the way. It's not that the social media account guys can't win. It's that they're actually putting up stuff where it's more worrying than it is hopeful seeing these clips. <laughs> Uh, second nomination for the Ulek Glenn Whelan take a 90th minute penalty award was he a bit too trigger happy with Ramsey I thought that, 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 that was strange like it, I don't think he was amazing but I don't think he was bad either um, could have moved him around especially just when they moved Bailey to the right it was like oh my god I would have preferred to see Ramsey here nah Ramsey Ramsey wasn't good and remember whenever Coutinho came on for the next 20 minutes we absolutely dominated the game we, we played the way I think he wanted to play, and Ramsey just wasn't giving him that. Like he wanted to box in the midfield, and Ramsey wasn't doing it. Ramsey was drifting a bit too much. Maybe he was under instruction to drift a bit too much, but it looked to me like Ramsey was lost in the game a lot of the time, and Philippe yeah. Coutinho understood the position a lot more, and then we absolutely dominated them between the 45th and 65th minute, I found. Third nomination. Why did we take so long to bring on John Duran? Yeah, it's a good question, isn't it? He fucking looks good. You know, and I wouldn't have asked this question if he didn't come on and look so good. Like, he's fast, strong, mobile. Looks like he's got a good touch. Real handful. I, I want to see him up front next time with, with Ollie Watkins, obviously. <laughs> yeah, and we all know that Leon Bailey dies during the game as well. So it was strange <laughs> that he was able to stay on for the 80th minute because he hadn't done anything in the previous... 15, I would say, other than drill a shot five or six yards wide. <laughs> um, who do you have for the Ashley Westwood or he was playing award? Because I think Luca Dean is a big nomination and I think Ramsey is as well. I think Leon Bailey's second half definitely is too, although you know, I know he comes onto the radar every so often in a bad way. But um, <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm probably going to go with Luca Dean. Yeah, I think I think Ramsey and uh, Bailey did too many bad things to have been not noticeable. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Emmy Martin is, which really isn't a good thing for the keeper. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you can see four goals and no one noticed you, maybe maybe there are questions to be asked there. And the Leicester forward couldn't seem to notice him either as they just fucking stepped past him. <laughs> All right, I'm bringing back an award to Paul Lambert. I'm delighted of our performance. Well, I'm fed up with this shit award. <laughs> And Sammy Martinez, he had a quote there after the game. We were just talking about playing out from the back. And he said, today, mistakes cost us. We're trying to play from the back and we will keep doing that. And mistakes will happen. He said, it's about how we react. But then this was the, <laughs> this was the most depressing thing of it all. He said, Leicester deserves the win. They pressed high. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that it imagine Monday Night Football analysing Villa press high equals beat Villa <laughs> Leicester deserves a win they press high and I still played the ball to Kamara anyway so like, what could we do <laughs> yeah he's right mistakes will happen whenever you play it from the back but these weren't these weren't individual mistakes or you know players missing the ball apart from the Alex Moreno one the mistakes that we got from playing out from the back were all team malfunctioning or brains malfunctioning I mean like we said at the start you don't play balls into your centre midfielder in the box if there's two players around them that's just fucking brain dead that's not trying to play out from the box that's trying to concede a goal that's just bonkers 
And like you said, there's somebody else free as well. So if you're trying to play out from the box, understand that, or sorry, playing out from the back, understand that playing out from the back doesn't mean playing it to the person fucking closest to you. You can play it to anybody else on the pitch and it's still playing out from the back. It's just about keeping the fucking possession. And keeping the possession doesn't mean rolling it to Kamara on his own penalty spot. <laughs> the Remy Guard. Are you even bothered, Award? No. <laughs> Um, we could put Luca Dean in there. We could put Bailey's second half in there. Like I think, especially because Bailey, Bailey was time wasting in the second half when we were behind. We were behind in the game, and he kept going down injured, lying around. I was like, "Get the fuck up!" Like this is frustrating enough to look at anyway. But we need, we need you to get up on your feet and get on with the game. But um, uh, my winner, and you can pick somebody else if you want, is Bubakar Kamara. I thought he owed us more. I, mistakes will happen. Kamara has been sensational for Aston Villa. Really has like one of the best players of the season. He owed us more today. Like he made two mistakes. Come on, just just give us a bit more. I don't want to see him looking sheepish in the tunnel at half time. Like after half time, we're coming back out, and he's still there looking apologetic, and he's being consoled by Bailey. He's being consoled by Bailey after a fifteen minute break. It's like come no. Just get back on the ball and you know, make amends for it somehow. You just dominate the game. Don't get brought off or the dunker. <laughs> yeah, that is the clearest sign that someone hasn't made up for their mistake whenever they're being taken off for fucking Leander the dunker, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and you you think he would have been? You think he would have? I would have expected Kamara to step up more than he did. Definitely. And this is the other thing as well. Whenever a team are so aggressively pressing you as well, if you break that press, then you're fucking through. And it can be very fucking simple sometimes as well. It just takes a bit of courage and a bit of noise as well. Like this, Emmy Martin is talking about we're going to keep playing out from the back. What? Do we think we're playing out from the back whenever we're passing the ball into our centre midfielders in the box or whenever we're rolling the ball out to Tyrone Mings at left back or Ashley Young at right back? Yeah. We just we can't seem to do it. So whenever a team is being that aggressive, whenever they've identified the fact that we haven't figured out how to do it yet, let's just not do it. And remember as well who we've got up front. Yeah. Well, like the very nature of playing out from the back means you should play out, but we just keep it in the back. All we're doing is keeping it at the back until we lose it or clear it. We never play out. Um, yeah. Well, let's go to the Vyman meter. Will we do anybody going up to start with? Um, oh my god, I'm drawing a blank. Like, ah, like Bundia can go up and But Doggy had moments of being really good as well on the ball and he wanted the ball a lot. He just didn't give enough, probably. He didn't show enough for the ball whenever that really aggressive press was on. The pass was more often on to Kamara and you'd have to question where Doggy was a lot of those times. But whenever we were on the front foot, Doggy was really, really good at dictating the play. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Coutinho's going up, relatively speaking, because he had been going down so far and like he, he did create more chances. He, he just he had more of an impact in this game than he has had in a long time. Yeah, and I, I, I would like to see... Like, we didn't get a replay, really, of the goal either, other than it just shows you, oh, there's Douglas Louise offside. I mean... It, it's a it's a shot and then it deflects off the Leicester player, but the Leicester player moves his foot to deliberately play the ball as well. I mean, that's yeah. that's obvious to me. And the criteria for it to be a deliberate playing of the ball is the ball has to be not moving fast and the player needs to have time to coordinate their body. And let's not fucking pretend there was any power in that shot. 
And you can't be making footballing decisions based on the physical capabilities of Harry Suter. The player definitely had time to coordinate their body there as well. I would like to have had another look at that because it looked fucking... It was a really quick decision and it just got on with it straight away. Yeah, I fully agree. Going down, uh, Tyrone Ming's going to have to go down just... Like it's the first time he's done that in a long time. Um, like or made a mistake type of thing. So he's definitely going down. Kamara's obviously going down. Um, so close to going up. But you know, miss open nets, you're not that close to going up, really. Ollie Watkins is going down. <laughs> Jacob Ramsey's going down just for balance on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know who else is going down? Matt Cash. And I, I had him I had him earmarked to go down anyway when I saw the team sheet. And I saw Ashley Young, and we all love Ashley Young, and Ashley Young has been absolutely brilliant, and he deserves his place, and we're delighted to see him. What the fuck's Matt Cash going to do about this? What is he doing about it? Why is he happy for Young to just be completely dominating him? So much so that it's not even a question for anybody anymore. Nobody's making the case for Matt Cash. How'd that happen? (laughs) How's this boy gone to the World Cup, and now nobody cares that he's just not playing for Villa, because 37-year-old Ashley Young is by far... By far and away better on him. It's not even a ah, like you know, you can have either of them. No, when Cash came on today, he looks he looks agricultural suddenly. Like he just looks so much more basic. It's like when you take Young away, you know, you see everything he would be missing. Just a bit more composure on the ball. Like Cash looks a bit raw. I don't know. Like I just, I just want he needs to get his finger out and just get back in the team. Really. Yeah, and you'd think even based on how he was playing a training, you it might give Eric should be giving Emery, you know, a bit of pause for thought, and maybe he'd be thinking, Jesus, Dina and Moreno are fucking crap. Maybe I'll just play Ashley Young over there instead. You know, like maybe it might make him think about the balance of the team and how you can switch that up. But he can't even do that. He can't. He can't even. He can't even think about putting those two muppets out of the team. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's not uh, it's not good. I, I, this is a boy who Stephen Gerrard was putting the whole system around. It was Matt Cash, and and Matt Cash was really good, and he was brilliant for Villa at a stage. And he, I don't know, I, I just don't like people accepting, you know, the, their is, fate, especially when they had such a high ceiling initially. It it is strange because I remember whenever Dean Smith got sacked, and it, it was only really Matt Cash. It was I think it was only Cash and Cons that came out publicly and said. Thanks yeah. for everything, Gaffer. And they were the only two players that could hold their head up high after the last 15 games of the Smith era because they were the only two players who were continually playing well. And then Matt Cash was was Stephen Gerrard. Matt Cash or Ramsey were Stephen Gerrard's best players. Yeah. And now he's just completely gone. It's it's mad. Yeah. One to keep an eye on. <laughs> Questions we can't answer, but probably will. <laughs> Is this the worst transfer announcement of all time <laughs> yeah i know you haven't seen it as well so it gets me excited to relay this video to you i'm just going to explain what happened imagine a social media guy holding a phone up to some players and he walks over and there's ben chilwell and connor gallagher and he's holding out a shirt the guy behind the camera is holding out a shirt and he says all right guys no i'm not, I'm not going to do the accent <laughs> and he says all right, guys, do you want the number 1.25 shirt or should I double it and give it to the next person? <laughs> what? <laughs> and the players sort of do something like that as well, even though they're supposed to be in on this. And they say, oh, just double it and give it to the next person. So then he scene cuts, goes over to Reese James. All right, Reese, 
do you want the number 2.5 shirt or should I double it and give it to the next person? (laughs) (laughs) All right, Enzo Fernandez, do you want the number 5 shirt? (laughs) And that's it. Bit of Chelsea Twitter magic. What do you think of that? That's as magic as their uh, as their transfer strategy, it seems, isn't it, really? <laughs> Which is, like, what is this strategy? Just buy everybody and hope everybody else crumbles? Yeah, it, it, was like, it was like he thought he had to buy a squad of players, really, wasn't it? I mean, the, the, the sign-ins were made without any reference to what was there. Like, he wasn't in trying to prove the team, he was trying to create a team. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, and maybe that's why you're bringing it up again. You're trying to slip a bit of fantasy football chat onto the fence here, because because that really is what it looks like. But I, I may, maybe as well, maybe Bowley spent too much time watching American football, and he thinks he has to build a complete offensive squad and a complete defensive squad as well. He certainly got <laughs> enough fucking players to do it. <laughs> well, did he have anybody to play offensively though? <laughs> Imagine spend not more the money and not not buying a striker. No, and imagine spending that amount of money and not filling the biggest gaping hole in your team is absolutely incredible. It's ridiculous. Yeah. The only other question we can't answer is should I continue watching the Sean Dice Masterclass on YouTube that I've got 10 minutes into so far? Masterclass? Sean Dice Masterclass, how to play the 4 4 2. I have to tell you, I'm enjoying it. Very simple, because Sean Dice. Not yeah, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> not that he's a simple man, but he, uh, the way he talks, I wonder. Is he, I was wondering, is he like this in his personal life? Does he talk like everything is common sense with <laughs> every conversation he has? So if somebody's asking him there to break down tactics, and it's always like, well, what we do is we do. It's that tone all the time because. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and it's very just like that's like we all know we all know this but it's like we don't Sean give us some of your wisdom and there we go we had an earmark didn't we Sean Dyche coming in first game Arsenal at home it's all going to turn here not just for Everton for Arsenal too <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's brilliant I, I couldn't believe how excited I was and not about Sean Dyche's return to football ah we uh, need Sean Dyche back in football I think it's great like we're seeing him doing bleep tests and everything there's there's stories coming out about training wear they're not allowed to wear gloves hats whatever it's like I was reading some of this not even knowing what was true and what wasn't and I was like this is great to have this man back <laughs> But that's the magic of Sean Dice that he just seems to ha- walk around with some sort of magic. And maybe the magic as well is part of what you're saying. It's making everything seem like common sense because we all know about the intellectual capacities of a lot of professional footballers as well. And they need the message to be simple and to be clear. I think it's a little bit easy to slip into the trap of, you know, say, looking at Dice's net spend at Burnley and thinking it's impressive that he kept them up for so long. I mean, with his net spend, they did exactly what you would expect. Sucked the life out of a Saturday afternoon. I mean, he... <laughs> He he also he also has some bizarre comments about not being able to sign Johnny Foreigner because he can't take the risk, and yeah. then breaking the club's transfer record on Jeff Henrik. You know that that's <laughs> I can't take the risk in signing players I can't trust, but I can spend fucking eleven million quid on Jeff Henrik. <laughs> but obviously, finishing seventh with Burnley is is hard to argue with. It was also hard to watch as well. To be fair, the most interesting thing about about today's game was Alex Awobi, who is. 
turned into a hard-working centre midfielder with a bit of flair. Sean Dice meets him and says, that's great. I want you to play exactly like that, but I'm going to start you in the left wing. Again. <laughs> <laughs> and, and look, it's, it's, not, it's actually not difficult to understand why some people like Dice and why there was a, a healthy percentage of fan base, of every fan base really calling for him anytime there was a club in trouble. And they were fucking brilliant today in exactly the way you would expect them to be brilliant and in exactly the foundational attribute that every fan wants and the least forgivable thing if it's not there as well. It's fucking run, try and care. And he's got a lot of players at Everton will just bring that for him naturally. And it's just great as well to see how much of a difference a manager can make whenever he takes over a football club even when it's somebody like Sean Dice, and it really just shines a light on Frank Lampard, the man who took Derby from sixth to sixth, took Chelsea from third and Europa League winners to fourth and then ninth. And when he left, they went back to third until they let Villa beat them because they were resting up to win the Champions League. And then he took Everton from 16th to 16th to 19th. I mean, he, he, he couldn't he couldn't take over the bizarre after the bizarre decision to appoint Liverpool legend, Liverpool legend Rafa Benitez and improve mm. that team. And the worst thing about all these about all these failures or non-events was the fucking praise, just the incessant backpatting and excuse making. Did you see the articles after he was sacked? And after taking them, he was sacked for taking them joint bottom of the table. Remember, yeah. like you know, all all going after the club. Every article was going after the club, and I have no doubt that Everton is a poorly run club. But you had people like Phil McNumpty in the BBC writing articles <laughs> saying. Say, say, writing articles and saying in it three or four times within an 800 word article that Lampard like everyone before him couldn't save Everton yeah, yeah. like you know Lampard didn't do well but all these other brilliant managers also didn't let's just have a fucking look at that Ancelotti finished 10th Marco Silva finished 8th Sam Allardyce finished 8th <laughs> Ronald Koeman finished 7th they were the four previous managers to Frank Lampard Frank Lampard kept Everton up by doing worse than the man he replaced and largely because he picked up six points by beating Professor Rangnick's Man United and by beating Chelsea at a time when nobody was actually sure if the club was going to fucking exist by the end of the week. <laughs> and, and, then, and then when he had them joint bottom midway through the season, and this is, uh, this is all you get out of it. And, uh, they, nobody ever fucking questioned Frank Lampard. And the most bizarre thing about this is there's no benefit to protecting him. His career's over. You're not going to get any more insights from him. You're not going to get any more interviews from him. Why would he want them? He's surely never going to be hired again. Mm. Did you ever hear those stories as well about the the Chelsea players getting their IQs tested and Lampard came out with 150 IQ? I mean, th- depending on what test was used, that's that means he's more than a one in a thousand or one in a two thousand intelligence. If Frank Lampard is scoring 150 in your IQ test, that's not a sign that he's a genius. That's a sign that your test isn't standardised. <laughs> he signed Delhi Alley to save Everton, Conan. <laughs> Great to see Sean Dice back, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but all those articles very, very carefully always making sure to say, Frank Lampard is liked by the players. <laughs> Again, who cares? Nobody cares except this journalist who thinks they need to keep the relationship with, with Frank Lampard, who, like you say, 
don't worry, he's not going to have a top job that you need to keep in with him. And even if you do keep him with him, what's he going to tell you? It's going to be utter bullshit, whatever whatever he speaks in the, <laughs> in the interviews that you gave him with him. Um, and that was like the, the Ancelotti point is, is is so well made because he was the last manager. Like he was the, the manager who finished like the last season before Frank Lampard and, and Rafa Benitez conspired to suddenly, out of nowhere, like turn everything into relegation fodder. They weren't that. Like no matter how badly run the club has been, no matter how much money they splurged, they were never relegation candidates. Ancelotti was there in the, in the top. Remember the Kazoo Derby title? Like they, they were in the top four for ages, Everton. It just sort of went off a cliff towards the second half of the season. Still finished really well, really strongly. Got the Real Madrid job. <laughs> that's that's what the platform Everton can give you. But, um, <laughs> but Lampard came in and he was only too delighted. Like, but he just got sacked because of the position he was in. And Lampard was only too delighted to say, after keeping them in that same position, we're going to be here again next season. Which, like, uh, some turnaround. It was a uh, Jose Mourinho um, play, really. And like, we should have learned like Mourinho's playbook isn't exactly updated anymore. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but I feel bad now on Sean Dyche that we've just turned it into a Frank Lampard <laughs> session. Only thing I will say to Sean Dyche is that his players, and I'm surprised at him, he's walking along the end line of this bleed test and he's seen every one of them cutting up short from the cones. I, I actually thought... Like, oh, that, yeah. Like Jamie were, Coleman wasn't pulling up short, was he? Well, yeah, we didn't see Jamie Coleman in fairness. I'd say, I'd say he was adding in an extra yard. Yeah, I'd say he was getting to the cone doing burpees and then running back again. <laughs> <laughs> running past people. But like, I, I, what what a power move that would have been for Sean Dice just to point out the lazy, dishonest little fuckers who can't even run to the fucking cone, you know, <laughs> letting them away with it. At least they were doing a bleep test midweek in his first week before they go and play the league leaders Arsenal, and he still went and beat them. So maybe that was his power move all along. Um, yeah, well, sure. Like, here we are now, getting excited talking about Everton rather than Aston Villa. That's how quickly things have changed in one game. <laughs> <laughs> But sure, hopefully things will improve now. We've got Man City to look forward to, and then we've got Arsenal. But maybe this is the start of Arsenal's downfall, and we can enjoy uh, we can enjoy feasting after a carcass. Won't be a carcass for a while yet. God's sake, imagine, imagine the arrogance of saying that after you've just been thumped at home to Leicester, conceded four goals. And I predicted a nil-nil as well, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it there. Thanks a million for listening. Please share it on and all the usual. I really appreciate everybody getting in touch as well. Um, we'll chat to you in a bit. All the best.